0: Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome everyone to this episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast, where I have a wonderful guest, for you today. I'm super excited for this conversation, uh, because it's moving into a direction that, you know, I haven't had this conversation on the podcast before, so this is brand new. Um, and I really would encourage anyone who's listening to, to take a moment for yourself as you are listening. Maybe that looks like, um, if you normally listen to a podcast on one and a half or two times i would encourage you to keep it at one time speed and like take a moment to slow down and um and just be with the conversation and you'll see why in a minute i think because as we pull into uh building businesses with more ease with more flow with more joy there are some very powerful ways that we can do that. So my guest today, no more stalling, uh, is Brooke Bailey. and She is a coach for women, a business coach, who also brings all of her experience in the health and wellness space into her coaching. So her vision is to normalize a balanced approach to entrepreneurship, so important, uh, in which all women business owners can experience success without sacrificing their health. So, Brooke, thank you for being here. And please tell us more about how you do that, all the pieces that you bring in when you're working with clients, and most importantly, why? Why does this matter to you?
1: Sure. Well, thanks. Um, let me just say thank you for having me first. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you and to dig a little bit deeper into um, how we do balance both work and personal life. And in, in a similar way, you work with people on how they balance excuse me, their finances uh, and their personal lives. So my background is both in business and wellness. Um, I was a, exclusively a wellness coach for a bit and then decided to bring my business background into my coaching. And that's when I developed um, Balanced Business, Balance Life Blueprint for women business owners. And having an um, experience with burnout myself in a family business, I decided that there had to be another way to um you know, uh, own your own business, make a positive impact, um, make a living doing something that that feels more sustainable and reasonable. And in search of that, I studied a lot of Eastern approaches to wellness. So um, I I studied pretty extensively in yoga and Ayurveda. Ayurveda is the sister science to yoga. Um, Many people have heard of Chinese medicine. It could in some ways be Um, connotated in that space for Westerners. It's an Eastern approach to health and wellness that originated in the area that is um, now predominantly India. And so it kind of goes hand in hand with um, what we know in the West is yoga is typically we think of it as exercise or stretching, but in the East, it's really a whole philosophy um, and a whole approach to lifestyle and wellness. So, um, when I'm working with a, a female entrepreneur, I'm looking not just at what her challenges are in her business, but also does she have um, personal challenges that are, you know, influencing her decision making in her business? Uh, and a lot of times that comes down to how she is addressing her own health and wellness. And does she have, you know, consistent daily habits that support her health and wellness, and then thereby, give her the energy and the um, clarity to be able to make effective decisions within her business. So I've just found that, you know, it all overlaps. It's all really one. And a lot of times our brains and our culture wants us to um, compartmentalize these aspects of our lives. But if we can take some time every week or every couple of weeks to sort of step back and see what's the bigger picture for me as a whole in terms of, Um, You know, where am I with my wellness? Where am I in my business? Are those things supporting each other? Or where can I make an adjustment or a tweak? So that's a a long-winded answer to what I do and why I do it.
0: So one of the things that you just mentioned um, that I would love to go back to now and kind of explore a little bit um, is this having experienced burnout. Because I have experienced that as well. In um, mm-hmm. the firm that I left there, the signs were so clear that that's what was happening. Um, and I still didn't necessarily like understand it until after I left mm-hmm. and created X Squared Wealth Planning, which was the, the first company that I um, opened and still run clearly. Um, but having having that experience of really like really pushing through burnout in order to get to the next thing right I, I feel like it took me a long time um yeah I feel like I spent most of the first year of my business um with x squared getting clients growing the business all of that but like everything else was spent on like healing
1: mm-hmm
0: And so there was still an amount of, I can't slow down. I have to learn how to, you know, incorporate more space into my life so that I don't revisit that burnout. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what was that like for you? And then how did you, yeah, what was the connection from burnout to, you know, finding these different practices that helped you come back into balance?
1: Uh, Well, interestingly enough, as I was doing, um, or, you know, involved in that role that, that I did where I did become burnt out. I, that's when I first started practicing yoga. So I, I knew I was stressed out. I knew that, you know, um, I wasn't myself per se. And I think that's like upon reflection, um, after I, you know, into that role and started seeking something different. It's like you said, it took a while <laughs> to kind of come down from that. Um, and then in retrospect, I could see, wow, I really wasn't myself. Like kind of knew it. But then, you know, after six months or a year, whatever the time frame is, everyone's a little different. You kind of can look back and and you really feel the difference of like, oh, okay, now I feel back to myself again. So um, in that role, I was trying to find some relief and I went to yoga um, classes and through what, you know, my expectations of yoga at the time were just um, stretching and and stress relief. And they did, the classes did provide that. um, But I also noticed that I, for some reason, I started to see things differently outside of class. So that, you know, why did I feel so different when I went to a yoga class versus when I got on the treadmill and, you know, was walking or rode the bike or whatnot. So there started to be kind of a, this differentiator. And I knew that yoga was shifting uh, my perspective. And what I came to realize is it was expanding my self-awareness essentially. And so then the more that I, um, got into practicing yoga and decided to take a teacher training uh, because at the time that was kind of the only way you could really study yoga Um, conveniently shall we say (laughs) like there were a lot of teacher training programs even though at the time didn't want to teach yoga Um, but going through that whole process gave me a lot of different tools to manage the stress that I was under Um, and then subsequently, you know, after um, I left that role, then I went further into studying yoga and Ayurveda and did become a yoga teacher, did become a wellness coach in that particular segment. So it was all kind of overlapping things at the time, but um, I would say I was just seeking stress relief, really, which I think, you know, that's the, that's um, happens to most of us in the modern world who are juggling um, roles with family relationships and work, whether you own your own business or not, um, there's a lot that you're trying to manage. So the yoga provided me with some specific tools and practices for stress relief.
0: And so here's where, so I would say most, most people in Western world understand what yoga is, at least you know, from Mm -hmm. your perspective or the way that you mentioned it of, you know, stretching, exercise, stress relief, you know, you go to a yoga class and usually it's, it's very serene or calm. Right. And like, we have this, um, almost a caricature of what a yoga class is in our minds. I think a lot of times, um, or like me, when I first started doing yoga in, uh, in college, I also would do a lot of Um, other, you know, other types of exercise. I ran, I Mm -hmm. lifted weights, different things. And so my yoga class had to be a power yoga class. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was not about stress release. It was about like, how do I burn more calories? Um, So there was one piece that was kind of right. I I was uh, go, go, go in my early twenties for sure. And so, you know, we all, I, I, I say that to Illuminate that side of like it can't you can like take that thread and go all kinds of different ways, right? Like mm-hmm. Bikram yoga at the same hot yoga,
1: mm-hmm. you can
0: go and like, no, I really want to sweat it out, right? Mm-hmm. Versus using it as a, a tool for grounding inside mm-hmm. yourself and self awareness. Um, so that's one distinct difference, I think, that I heard, and um the leading into Ayurvedic practices. So I'm really interested to hear more because I know, and we talked before the show, it's um, I hear the word Ayurveda and uh, it's attached to, um, I think one of the things I mentioned was like skincare routines and herbs and um, not necessarily like a whole body wellness Mm -hmm. system as far as like mm, what I understand about it just being a norm, you know, normal hearing it but not fully understanding this the the expansiveness of right. what that includes. So I would love for you to, you know, um explain like I'm five and tell me <laughs> what does it, yeah, what does that mean? What does it all entail? Um, because yeah, seeing the going from yoga as a self awareness practice into like Ayurveda, mm-hmm. tells more.
1: Uh, so I'll give you, you know, in order to, to keep it short to say that, first of all, I'm not a certified Ayurvedic practitioner. So someone who has gone through, um, an Ayurvedic practitioner training is going to be able to uh, recommend particular supplements and herbs that you can use to balance, um, yourself or move through a, you know, difficult, um, uh, physical illness or something like that so i haven't taken it that far in my study my study um basically gradually grew out of studying yoga and i realized like i said it's a it's a whole philosophy it's a whole system and there is this aspect of it um called ayurveda and that teaches you a little bit more about uh your own, what they use the word constitution in Ayurvedic terminology, it's called a dosha in in Sanskrit. And so I got into that because I was studying yoga pretty extensively. And you can't really, the deeper you get into the philosophy and the history, there's kind of no, there's no uh, um, getting away from the fact that Ayurveda is, like I said, a sister science to it. And so if you start to see that yoga is not necessarily just, um, an exercise routine, like we were saying before that you could go to hot yoga and you can sweat it out and you can get your calorie burn. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what, you know, the way you want to, to use it. But what Ayurveda teaches you is that, um, If you're really seeking balance, you need to understand yourself and what you're going through and whether that hot, intense yoga class is actually helping you balance yourself or is it aggravating the imbalance? And so that piqued my curiosity. um, And, you know, recognizing that, oh, there's this whole different system, philosophy and approach to how we take care of ourselves and that this idea of um in the west that simply exercising and sweating it out is a is kind of our go-to for balancing the stress per se but i'm just using like really broad generalizations here and that in some people actually going and doing that hot intense yoga class or that big long run or that, you know, super um, intense strength training session and doing it maybe four or five times a week for some people that that actually can aggravate your stress. If you are the type of person who's already um, in Ayurveda, they would say has a a pitta constitution or dosha. So pitta, it's the elements of um, fire and, uh, fire and air, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Um, so if you're already hot and fiery and you're going in and you're sweating it out and you're getting even more hot and fiery, and then you go to work and it's hot and fiery at work because you're super stressed out and you're running 90 miles an hour, then that hot yoga class, while you might feel a, a temporary amount of relief, when you come out of the class, it may not be sustained. And it may be something that's actually making you more agitated. So um, that's kind of why I got interested in Ayurveda. And that's sort of how I use it with my clients. I'm not trying to dictate dictate prescriptive um, recommendations in terms of supplements and things that they would take. But I'm looking at the person and saying, hey, are you? where are you out of balance? Like naturally, because all of us have different um different personalities, different constitutions, right? And so if we kind of know what we're coming in with, and then we see where we are in our lives and where we are um, with work, family situations, then we can start to be like, curious about, well, okay, so what if you didn't try hot yoga, but you tried restorative yoga? What would happen then? And so that's kind of how I approach it. And if the person's not into yoga, it doesn't mean that we're going to only seek out yoga classes or an ayurvedic perspective um if they're not then i'm going to just kind of help them begin to, to look at themselves and question how they're doing things how they're living what are their daily habits and routines and that may not be using ayurvedic language or something um but it will generally help them see themselves in a different light and so that's what how. Ayurveda helped me and how it it helps me work with people is that I can see people through the elements of, um, and again, this is getting maybe a little more specific on the Ayurveda side, but so you have the five elements of, um, air, water, fire, uh, earth and ether. And you're looking at how does a person, um, naturally sync up with those elements personality wise body type all of that in as you mentioned like oh you see Ayurveda on you know cosmetics so that's now it's becoming more popular the the verbiage is becoming more popular it's being used more in marketing um, lingo so definitely you can go out there and find Ayurvedic lines of skincare you can find Ayurvedic supplements you can find anything that you want really (laughs) on it. Um, And and like I said, for me, the way I'm using it is more just to help people get a better sense of what would help them feel more balanced. So it's kind of taking a more Eastern look at that as opposed to a Western look, because a Western look would more than likely try to create balance through more action. And sometimes that's not you know, necessarily the right move for a person. Sometimes it is, maybe they do need more action, but just depends.
0: That's so interesting. Cause the other, the other thing that just like came into my awareness is that for a lot of us, you know, speaking to um, women, especially women entrepreneurs, um, since that's the the demographic that you work with, mm-hmm. uh, we do tend to see anything extra, uh, like, okay, I have to do something else as additional into mm-hmm. an already full schedule, mm-hmm. right? So most of us, and truly, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, applies to most entrepreneurs in mm-hmm. general, right? Like we run full schedules. That just sure. is, is our lives um, as entrepreneurs, you know, building, especially if you're in the building phase in your business, you know, go, go, go. So, saying something like, okay, you have to add in this new practice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's this sense of, okay, how do I shuffle around my schedule? Right. Yeah. And so what do you, what do you notice for people who are in that stage right now where it's like, it, it is a lot Right, like objectively look at the calendar, like, Oh yeah, that's a pretty full calendar. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like I, I have three kids as well and a husband and two dogs and right. Like there's like a lot of stuff going on. And what I have, what I have found for myself, one of the ways that I can um, create more balance is to give myself space to do nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, mm-hmm. Literally. And so I'm, I'm curious on that scale as well. Um, you know, most of my, I would say you know, in, a, in astrology, my big three are, um, Leo Aries and Capricorn. So fire is mm-hmm. two of those are fire. One is earth. Um, but I do tend to have a very like high driver on the disc scale, high, mm-hmm. um, initiator on the Colby scale. You know, the fire elements in my chart are very dominant um, in my human design. I'm a manifesting generator, you know, so I'm like the go-go Yes. yes in yes. all the ways. Right. And so, yeah, like bringing in practices that are like, can you sit down <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you just come inside for a moment? Um, I have I, I can do them now, but at first it was really challenging.
1: Yeah. And it is. And I think that's the, the piece um, maybe kind of a missing piece of the puzzle for us is uh, when we are driven and we are, we are sort of take charge type people. Um, we feel like we can just keep taking the action. Someone says, Oh, you know, uh, so here's what you need to do now. You need to take 15 minutes a day to sit and meditate. And that's going to help balance you out. Right. And then someone tries to do that and they feel like they're getting more agitated because they, they, that's not part of their routine. That's not part of their systems and habits. Um, it's not part of their innate, uh, you know, what they have created for their lifestyle. And so you have to, first of all, figure out, does that person really want to pause and sit for 15 minutes? Do they understand why it would be beneficial to them? If they're check, check, this is definitely a habit that they want to create um, in their routine then, and and they're really clear on why they wanna create this habit. Then we have to dissect that basically and help them use behavioral science tools, help them use self-awareness, help them use their environment, their relationships, to uh, create that habit and realize that it's going to be a, a slow gradual process of implementing the habit and then refining and tweaking it. And, you know, you're going to have, that's another piece of Ayurveda is that you have seasons, right? Seasons and cycles to everything. So there's going to be a season when you are, introducing a new habit when it's going to be really difficult and challenging there's going to be a season when it is on autopilot and then there may be a season where you need to pull that habit back and replace it with something else because of whatever's going on in your life so I think the the kind of um main response to that question is you want to make sure that the person really wants to do this particular thing, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, sitting um, quietly, like you said, because you're in a, you have a go, go, go personality. Obviously you had to decide for yourself, like this is something I really want to do. And I do believe that it's going to help me. And then you had to slowly and gradually figure out where you were going to fit it in to your super busy schedule. So that's when we look at, you know, some of the, the, tools and systems that can help you organize your schedule. But even when you have those tools and systems of organizing your schedule, real life comes into play, right? The dog gets sick, the kid gets sick, (laughs) you get sick. And so that's where it's, it's realizing that you want to incorporate a little bit of flexibility in that. And then also um, figuring out what are the habits I want to keep for this particular cycle for me and in my work we do 90 day cycles because it's also like a um, quarterly cycle that we use in business and typically you're going to be able to have a sense of what's happening in your life um for the next three months but beyond that it's more aspirational because there are just too many moving parts to (laughs) to really like nail that down so um Yeah. Hopefully that gives you a sense of kind of how I would approach it. If somebody is go, 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 they know they want to take a break every day, but how are we going to make that actually um, implementable into their, if that is a word, into their schedule?
0: Yeah, I think it is a word. So we're good. We'll, (laughs) we'll say it is. Um, So when you are working with someone And like, how do you, how do you start that process? What's the, what do you assess about a person? And then, because again, you're bringing this Ayurvedic um, mindset into productivity coaching Mm -hmm. and, you know, bringing strategies and systems into your business that will help support your life. Right, mm-hmm. Like, in all the ways. So what does that what does that look like for you? Because I know I'll give an example from my work, too. It's very similar to, yeah, we have to gather all the data for your financial plan. Mm-hmm. We have to know where everything is. We have to know what your business income and revenue looks like. I need to see your p and l, uh, all the bank accounts, all your insurance policies, right? There is a lot of that that mm-hmm. data heavy, peace. And then there's also the, what are you dreaming of? Mm-hmm. What do you want to experience in life? What do you want to experience in business? What impact do you want to have long-term for your family and for the world? Right. And so there's, they're kind of like you said, the aspirational pieces. I love how you mentioned that where it's like, yeah, what's happening right now. And then what do you want to create? What do you want to experience in the future? And then backing into or um, incorporating in those feelings that come up, mm-hmm. and noticing, noticing. Uh, I really love you know the balance piece right there. Like what's out of balance for you mm-hmm. between you know how you're how you're showing up and how you want to show up, and how you want to make financial decisions. Right. Um. So from from your seat with the you know helping people shape their, like their schedule and their calendar and be productive in the way that's like moving their, moving the needle forward Mm -hmm. while also keeping, you know, really good tabs on, okay, how am I feeling all the time? Um, yeah. How do you, how do you do that? How do you go about that with clients?
1: Well, we start with a vision and values session. So, um, Like you said, you're collecting data on your clients. So I'm getting them to take the time to collect the data on themselves effectively of what are those aspirational goals that they have for themselves, both um, personally and professionally with their businesses and their personal life, with their health um, and their relationships. And then in developing that or painting that picture for themselves, then we want to find out why is that picture important to you and what would it really mean to you if you were able to live a life that looked like that and felt like that? And so then we start to get some language around um, their values and what's really important to them. And from that bigger perspective, then we dial that back into here's where you are now, Here are here's what's working for you, here's what's not working for you, you know, within the next 90 days. How do we, um, get you to these two goals, right. Or, or get you a step closer. Um, and a lot of times it is breaking it down into minute detail. And that's actually what I'm really good at. Um, I, I my mom jokes and she always says I'm eagle eye cause I always see one little thing that's like, you know, um, off or or different. So I kind of eagle eye my clients, um, goals and I say like let's map it out and then once we've kind of mapped it out and we see where the roadblocks are because you can't necessarily see all of that just from saying like here's my goal right here's what here's the revenue I want my business to make and you know that right you have to yeah. help them reverse engineer it but then when you what even when you have numbers numbers are metrics, Um, You don't necessarily have the emotions, like you were saying, you don't necessarily have the underlying beliefs or behaviors that the person is operating with. And those those beliefs and behaviors may not match the metric that they're trying to reach. Mm -hmm. And so we have to kind of um, deprogram a little bit and realign so that the the actions and the beliefs are more likely to get them to the goal that they're envisioning for themselves. Um, and there's a host of different tools and techniques to use to do that. But once we have that vision and value session for them, and we're really clear on where we're headed for the next 90 days, then I take them through a, a three-step program. Um, clarity is, is the first phase, and that's part of the vision and values work. And then simplification is the meat of it. That's the second phase. And that's really where you are trying to take those details and apply them to your daily life. And you understand that this habit matches this value for me. And that's why this habit is important. And that's why I'm going to keep exploring how to implement this habit. And then I see, oh, this doesn't work. I said I was going to run every day at 7 a.m. Wait a minute. That's, you know, in conflict with X, Y, or Z. And that seems trivial in kind of a conversation like we're having now, but in creating a flow in someone's life where they feel like they can have some consistency in their habits and routines, that consistency is really, again, key for them feeling aligned with their bigger vision or, you know, um, the thing that is the most important to them or things that are the most important to them. And so that's phase three is aligned growth. And that's where we really um, see like, okay, so now you've, you've had some experience implementing this habit. You've moved through some of the roadblocks and challenges. You've set better boundaries with your time. You're communicating more effectively, et cetera. Um, Is this still moving you toward what you really want or through that process of implementing these habits and going through the clarifying simplifying and aligning your growth are, are you now aware of another layer that you weren't aware of before mm. and usually that's the whole kind of like self exploration thing right you, you just keep going deeper and deeper and so um, the more you're aware the more you keep challenging your own perspective the more you hear from other women business owners about what they're doing and what's working and what's not. You just understand more about yourself and hopefully you understand more about your team. You understand more about your clients and you're better able to serve yourself and serve them through how you're um, living your life on a daily basis.
0: So Mm. that's
1: where we get back to like the whole picture.
0: Yeah. And I, the other emphasis that I think is so important is that you're, always focused on the personal and the professional together mm-hmm. right and that that feels like the space for so many business owners mm-hmm. that that I know you know even again like just drawing the parallels between our work there's there's not a lot of programs or um support for how do I how do I implement this in my business and be a holistic person at the mm-hmm. same time? Um, so yeah, for you to be doing that on on this side, um, with, you know, your your scheduling and finding the finding the flow and the rhythm that's right for you. And you know, on the financial side, like how do we how do we balance the business and personal finances, like it really is this new, I don't know if it's a frontier, um, but it feels like more, I'm meeting more business owners who are aware of the disconnect. Sure. And, and so, yeah, like being able to bridge the gap, that's almost the the right way. I think to look at it is like, we're, we're bridging what has been a gap. Mm -hmm. This is my professional life. This is my personal life. Never the twain shall meet. Right. We're saying like, that's not real
1: yeah i think for it and it's part of our evolution as a culture and as a society um yeah i always i also i love traveling and i love i've lived in a lot of different places so i'm constantly referencing how culture influences our behaviors um and obviously like studying an eastern approach is a different culture <laughs> to you know and and so i kind of am always looking from east and west and what can we um, what can we garner from each side that feels like it it is going to help foster a better experience for our own personal lives and so I think that is what's happening in the um, current cultural lexicon is that we are sensing like something else needs to give We all have these resources now where, you know it, yeah our lives are really it as complex and stressful as they are they're also really easy and convenient in the west at least and in, in for most people um i don't know have you watched uh i'm going to bring like a the, the netflix bomb in here but it's not even netflix actually i think it's paramount um <laughs> the 1923 1883 part of like the Tyler or Taylor Sheridan, um, Yellowstone series.
0: No, no. I've heard it's so good though.
1: Yes. (laughs) My, my husband and I were watching, um, 1883, which we, we really love, but basically they're, you know, um, going on the Oregon trail seeking out a new life for themselves. And it is constant suffering and battle and (laughs) pain and, just really really hard physical existence right and so in our modern world we don't have to fight for shelter and food most of us i know that's not a luxury for um everyone but most of us have a roof over our head we have our business we have our daily lives so we're not struggling for survival but mentally and emotionally we haven't kind of created a, a balance with what's happening in our easy, quote unquote, you know, lifestyle. So that is where that friction comes in and we get this this emotional and mental drain on us um, that we haven't quite learned how to cope with or balance. And I think that's why we're talking about it more now is because there is a gap, there is a space that needs to be bridged, as you said, For us to feel more at ease, more at peace, um, and to feel like we're we're ourselves as opposed to just, you know, a a hamster on a wheel is another visual that gets used a lot with modern (laughs) life.
0: Right. Yes. So if someone is like, okay, I need to know more and I, you know, want to reach out and find out more. All of your information is in the show notes. Um, so that's one easy place to look at it, but where do you want to, you know, what do you want to share with the audience? How can they get in touch with you? Um, yeah. What's the best place?
1: Uh, they can get in touch with me on my website, which is my name. So I use my first initial S like smile, brookbailey.com as and I have a work with me section and a contact form um, where they can just enter a few details and we can set up a Zoom call. Um, and I do work with people from all over. So definitely we can have a conversation and find out um, if we're a fit for each other and you know, what they're, they're looking for. And there's also information on my website about my group coaching program, um, Balance Business, Balance Life Blueprint. So they can find that there. And uh, I'm on social media at S. Brooke Bailey. So on all the different platforms.
0: Awesome. Well, Brooke, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I I got to learn some new things um, personally and then also just to be able to connect with someone else who is, again, being that bridge right? And helping people to see that business life and personal life are all intertwined. And we bring, when we bring our full selves to the table, when we can be fully um, ourselves on both sides, I feel like that's where, that's where the most magic happens. So thank you for yeah having this conversation with me.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: All right. That is it for today. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out, Um, send an email to hannah at expansiveceo.com or get in touch with Brooke um, at the information she provided. We'd love to hear your feedback and any questions that you have as well. So always open to that. Thanks everyone. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.